I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Forma podcast from the Circe Institute Podcast Network. This podcast is about the intersection of classical thoughts and contemporary culture, and it is the audio companion to Forma Journal. I am Heidi White, and in this episode, I am talking with the remarkable, one and only, Noah Tetzner. Noah, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Heidi. It's a pleasure to be with you. Oh, are you kidding? Thank you for being here. Now, Noah, you have a wildly popular podcast uh, called The History of Vikings. Tell us about it. Yes. Yes. I do have a podcast called The History of Vikings, which I've been doing for about a year and a half now. And it's a historical podcast. And it features discussions on the history of medieval Scandinavia and Iceland. And every episode, I sit down with a scholar, uh, somebody who's dedicated their life's work um, to a particular topic, a topic pertaining to the Viking Age. So we've talked about uh, Old Norse sagas and Old Norse myths and Icelandic death poetry and, you know, great famous Viking conquests and battles in England and France. Uh, you name it, if it's pertained to the Viking Age, I've talked about it on my podcast before. So yeah, that's what I do on the history of Vikings. That's I mean, so fun, right? Like who has a podcast on the history of Vikings? I love this. Tell us how this got started. Yeah. So again, I've been doing it for about a year and a half now, and I started it in March of 2018. Um, I was a, I was going into my, I was just finishing up my junior year of high school and I had been homeschooling. I've been homeschooled all the way up my entire education. And I've always loved history. It's always been my sole passion in life. And uh, I had always listened to podcasts when driving in the car with my dad, uh, just business podcasts. And my dad sort of uh, suggested that it might be cool if I started a podcast about history as sort of a way for me to express my passions for history. Because at the time, uh, there wasn't really anything that I could do to sort of uh, share that passion with other people. So I knew I wanted to start a history podcast and I had uh, done some research and looked around sort of seeing what other podcasts were out there. And I noticed there weren't really any about the Vikings. Now the Vikings aren't necessarily my favorite time period in history, although very interesting. Um, however, again, I noticed there was not a podcast about them and I thought, well, you know, that's sort of like a niche topic enough yet there's so much material to cover. Why don't I do that? So I started the History of Vikings. I bought the domain name and got a website designed. And uh, the first guest that I had on my podcast was Professor Caroline Larrington, uh, the medieval literature professor at Oxford University, one of them anyways. Uh, and we talked about the way that sort of Christianity has influenced the Norse myths. And once I had her on my podcast, I was able to connect with so many other scholars. Uh, and I've just been having so much fun talking with 
um, some of the world's brightest scholars in this field of study from Cambridge and the University of Iceland and Leeds and Oxford and Harvard and Yale every single week. And I rather selfishly like to think that I sort of get these private history lessons. Um, after all, I was homeschooled while I was starting this podcast. So that was a really cool way of looking at it. And I've just, I've loved every minute of it. I, I'm so, there, I think that there are several ways that this conversation could go. We could dig into the actual talking about the Vikings, which I'm, at some point, I'm, I've put a pin in Icelandic death poetry. I've never heard of that before. So I'd really like to know something about that. But here's, here's what is standing out to me so far, is that you were, you were listening to business podcasts with your dad, and you took that and apply that to your love of history, right? That's the intersection, really, of, of, of classical thought with contemporary culture. Talk to me. We want, I want to know about how you have applied some of those business principles and how you've unified those two things. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so when I first started my podcast, um, and I managed to create, I mean, good content, you know, these facilitating these conversations with these great minds, um, I really got very interested in promoting my podcast. Um, So what I would do is I just like really got into sort of the marketing side of podcasting and I read everything that was written on it and I tried out a bunch of different things and I was constantly doing collaborations with, you know, great like historical YouTubers, you know, 100 plus subscribers and other historical podcasts. I was making appearances on their show and talking about the Vikings and how that pertains to the uh, geographical location of their podcasts uh, topic. And yeah, I just, I really like ate that up, the marketing of the podcast. And I actually became really super good at it. And it was my fifth month of doing the podcast. I was regularly cracking 50,000 downloads every month. Um, so that was really exciting. And yeah, I, I don't know. I just, um, I love working with people. And for the first time, I think I really like found something that I could connect with other people who were interested in the same geeky history thing that I was. <laughs> So that was really exciting. And just working with different people and writing for different medieval magazines about um, just you name it, um, like um, the pagan Christmas, like winter solstice traditions of like Yule. Um, it has just been so much fun. So yeah, I really, really loved marketing the podcast. I think that's sometimes that can be a bit of a missing piece in the homeschool world. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. I would. Um yeah, I think a lot of people have great talent and great creative minds, but when it comes down to getting the word out about things, I think that's a lot of, I think that's something, especially young people, and this is definitely something I had to overcome, um, can get, can be kind of shy about, you know, um, when the only reason that my podcast actually was so successful is not because the content was great. Uh, it's because I actually managed to promote it successfully. If I wouldn't have done any of the promoting and marketing that I did in the early days of my podcast, I probably wouldn't be sitting here with you today, Heidi, because um, my podcast wouldn't have been so well known. Um, but honestly, that's that's a fear that I had to overcome in the early days, um, putting yourself out there and 
you know, realizing that it's okay if people say no, it's okay if people don't respond to you, but you know, just overcoming imposter syndrome and realizing that your content really is great. And this is something that I was really created to do. Right. And how did you gain then the skills? How did you pursue that? Was that something that you did with your parents or on your own? Would you say you have a natural talent for that? Or is that a skill you gained? That was certainly a skill I've gained. I've always been a a people person. I've always loved talking with people and talking with people about something that we're both interested in is even better. So in the early days of my podcast, the biggest thing that I did is I just connected with other historical podcasters and I said, hey, um, you know, your podcast is about, I don't know, the history of Germany, for an example. And my podcast is about the history of Vikings. So what if I came on your podcast and talked about how the Vikings related to German history or we just something smaller, like we each would record a 30-second promo um, promoting each of our podcasts and you'd put it on your show and I'd put it on mine. And I did that, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times over um, till finally I really gained an audience. I love that. Well, and in the, the classical education world, when we're talking about kind of, we talk a lot about old things in classical education. We talk about Homer and we talk about Shakespeare and Plato and the history of the Peloponnesian Wars, you know, and sometimes that can get a, or the Vikings. Um, and sometimes that can create a sense of disconnection with the current cultural moment. Yes. Um, and, but what I love about what you're doing is that you're saying those ideas still matter. They're still relevant. That history is still fascinating. Uh, and, and we can incorporate that into the here and now in the world in which we live. Were you, you know, was that something that you did intentionally or was that something that, you know, now looking back, that's kind of what happened? Well, I've always realized the importance of um, studying the past and appreciating old things and um, old ideas that still have merit and that, you know, have shaped Western society and culture. And one of my favorite things to talk about on the History of Vikings podcast, and indeed the thing that I probably spend the most episodes talking about, is Old Norse literature. Old Norse being the language of the medieval Scandinavians and Icelanders, the people who we call today Vikings. So Icelandic sagas, stories of Icelandic families uh, in different locations of the island, and you know these sort of great pieces, these narratives of historical fiction with these legendary characters and heroes, um, you know, interacting with the gods, much like the Greek myths, but also very different in a way. You know, the Poetic Edda, which is a collection of anonymous Icelandic poems, which is actually where we get Norse mythology from, um, which I actually wrote a study guide to, sort of like a Sparknotes version of it about five months ago. I think that was published. Cool. Um, but yeah, old Norse literature and really studying the the great literature and just how the the intrinsic things that sort of make us human beings, you know, obviously we live in a fallen world, so violence, you know, just love, family, all of these these common themes that can be seen differently in different cultures. That's what I love about literature, I would say. And what I love about talking about the Viking literature on my podcast. I love that. I want to come back to a couple of things in what you just said. Um, but in talking about the podcast life, what advice would you have to offer for families whose parents or 
kids do have that same vision for the literature and the culture of the past and want to bring it into relevance as you have done in the current cultural moment, what advice would you have for those people? Yeah, well, there's different ways that you can do it. Podcasting has given me a platform to express myself. I've grown so much as an individual since I started my podcast, my self-esteem, and I would say the quality of my character as well. But you know, there's different ways to do it. Uh, Podcasting was just my platform. If you love to write, then I encourage you to get writing. There's so many groups for writers, both in real life and on the internet, writing, you know, making videos on YouTube and connecting with um, people that maybe you aspire to be more like um, on that platform, podcasting, starting a podcast. However, you just have to find that way to express yourself and you just have to find that way to share your passion with other people. Hmm. That's such good encouragement. And I hope that I hope that the families, especially the kids, parents get your kids listening to this particular podcast with Noah Tetzner, who is you know, really living this out at a young age. I want to go into somewhat of the content of what you do with the Vikings. And what you just said about the Edda, which I took my kids earlier this year to a Vikings exhibit at the Natural History Museum in Denver. Hmm. Bought a beautiful illustrated copy of the Edda. I'd never even heard of it before. And in reading it, I recognized a lot of things from from C.S. Lewis. Are you a C.S. Lewis fan, Noah? If I, I read am. him. Yes. So, and he loved Norse mythology, even more than Greek mythology, referenced it all the time, Balder and, uh, you know, these great stories. What is it that you think he and others and yourself have seen in the stories and mythology of Scandinavia? Hmm. I obviously, as a student of classical education, was educated classically all through my homeschooling years. And then I went to a classical Christian private school for a few as well. I was very familiar with the um, myths and sort of literature of ancient Greece and Rome, which I'm a huge fan of and I love. But um, to me, you know, Norse mythology or old Norse literature wasn't so mainstream. So just by virtue of it not being mainstream and it being a little obscure, my sort of nerdy history brain immediately tapped into that. But I, I just think it's so unique in that we don't know much about this culture. You know, there's so much archaeological evidence for the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans, apart from their literature. So we can, not only through the lens of their literature, but also through historical artifacts and so forth, get a great look of what ancient Greek and Roman culture looked like. But it's not really the the case with the cultures of medieval Scandinavian Iceland in that their literature gives us an excellent glimpse as to who these people were. But the archaeological evidence sort of for their existence is there, but it's extremely limited. For example, talking about how these Scandinavians, how these pagan people worship their gods is a great mystery. We don't even know. Uh, we, we know a little, but we don't know precisely how they were worshipped. And, you know, when talking about the religion of an entire people spanning over hundreds of years, that's kind of a big deal. But, you know, Tolkien, as well as C.S. Lewis, were greatly influenced by this particularly with the language of Old Norse, you know, um, Tolkien's Elvish and sort of the other languages that he invented for his own mythological worlds, if dissected grammatically have roots in Old Norse and Old English, a contemporary language of um, Old Norse as well. So um, what they saw in it, I don't know. I think it's so 
so unique and so different from what we're used to. So perhaps, perhaps that's what they saw in it as I did. Huh. So for people who want to get started in it, right, who are like, oh, this is so interesting. Obviously, they should be listening to your podcast. Go back and, you know, find it. I'm assuming iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can find yeah. podcasts, you can find the History yeah. Vikings with Noah Tetzner. And then what else? What kind of literature should they pick up? Yes. So probably the, the best literature you can get when studying this, this time in history is get yourself a copy of the Icelandic sagas. You can buy, uh, just type in the sagas of Icelanders on Amazon.com. And for about 20 bucks, you'll get this probably four or 500 page book. Uh, but I promise it's not at all a difficult read. It's just a bunch of books um, put into one big book. And that's all of the Icelandic sagas dealing with, um, you know, the discovery and settlement of Iceland in Laxdella saga, the people of Laxdeller, um, you know, or the Vinland sagas when the Vikings went to North America, and it actually talks about their confrontations with the Native Americans. I mean, there's just so much within the Icelandic sagas that give you a glimpse of uh, what life was like in medieval Iceland. Also, get yourself a copy of the Poetic Edda, which is a collection of Icelandic poems as well that tell of the Norse gods and heroes. Um, so I would say the Poetic Edda and the Icelandic sagas are going to be uh, the two ones that I would recommend. Also, the Saga of the Volsungs is a legendary saga and one that I was actually assigned to read when I was in classical Christian uh, private school by my great history teacher there. And that's actually what really sort of got me into the Vikings is the Saga of the Volsungs, the legend of Sigurd the Dragon Slayer. Uh, and it actually has something to do with a mythical ring. So you can see where Tolkien might have gotten his influences from there. But that's a great story too. Wow. Okay. So let's jump way ahead to pop culture because we're all wondering, what do you think of the Marvel Thor? Yes. Yes. Well, interestingly enough, I've never been a huge superhero fan, but I think it's great that, um, you know, Thor and Loki and Asgard are kind of involved in contemporary culture because a lot of people, when, you know, they get interested in that, it sounds weird, but it, but it's true because I see it all the time through my podcast. You know, they get very interested into like these superhero nerds, Thor and Loki and, and the whole realms of what is inspired from Old Norse literature. And they, they actually want to go back and they want to research further into that literature. So I think it's great for getting people interested in it. Yeah, it's a good, I like that. And I don't know if you've seen the last movie, the last Marvel movie, but they got kind of a lot of things right about Thor in that movie, even though yeah. he kind of went from great majestic hero to, you know, drunkard living in the mountains that's not right. wrong from the stories <laughs> so oh, not at all not at all <laughs> so there's there you know they did get quite a few things right in the marvel stories maybe mm. not everything but they did better yeah. yeah yeah all right so you are about to launch a new endeavor in the podcasting world tell us about it i'm excited about it because it is alliterative with vikings so you're going to be talking soon about the victorians yes 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 so i am actually in the process of launching a new historical podcast i'm so excited i love vikings so dearly but i'm <laughs> i'm thrilled to be talking about something other than vikings for for a change don't get me wrong and i will be launching a podcast about the victorian era and the rise of the british empire on the circe institute podcast network so 
hopefully by the end of this year, 2019, you can look forward to that. The working title might be something like Victoria's World, and every episode will focus on a topic pertaining to the Victorian era, uh, much like my Vikings podcast. And certainly we will be featuring the expertise of historians and people living this uh, Victorian lifestyle and um, you know notable authors and just some of the world's leading scholars and experts on the topic. But um, we'll be talking about great engineers and industry men such as Isambard Kingdom Brunel, We'll be talking about, uh, of course, Charles Dickens and great authors such as him. We'll be talking about Queen Victoria herself in the Great Exhibition and, you know, why Britain was able to exert such global influence and domination. And of course, we'll be talking about some of the greatest battles of that time period in history, the Anglo-Zulu War of the late 1800s, you know, the famous last stand, the Battle of Rourke's Drift, whereas 500 British soldiers were surrounded, uh, kept up in an old mission by 5,000 Zulu warriors, and they actually manage to gain a ceasefire that way. We'll be talking about the Charge of the Light Brigade and the Crimean War. Um, you name it, we're going to be talking about it. And hopefully you can look forward to that by the end of 2019. Wow. That's really exciting. And I mean, same question. Where did the interest in the Victorians, why pick this particular time period? Well, again, I've always loved all time periods in history. But I have to confess, the PBS TV series, I think it's by Daisy Goodwin, just called Victoria, really got me interested in the Victorian era. I had always, you know, sort of known about that era in history. And I've certainly always known about the great, you know, British military conquests in India and South Africa. But um, that TV show by Daisy Goodwin really sparked my interest further. And it caused me to research little events like you know, say just an example like the Corn Laws and the British uh, tariff on foreign imported grain and how that affected the British population and the Great Irish Famine and how, you know, what British Parliament tried to do about it. So all of these little events and how really they intersected within each other and how individuals and Queen Victoria and her family were involved in just about every one of them uh, is just fascinating to me. Absolutely. Well, and there's so much, I mean, you, you talked earlier about how the archaeological evidence for the Vikings is fairly scant and we have these myths and these stories, but it was an ancient time. But the Victorians, man, we have the records for that. So we can, you can really, really dig yeah. into that time period in history. And I would also comment how misunderstood and unpopular it is right now because of uh, because of the imperialism that there's a perception of imperialism in the modern world yeah. that tends to be biased against Victoria's England in the in uh, I would say kind of out in the modern world but as you pointed out it is just a rich and fascinating time in history and western culture was thriving and growing and also flawed and changing in a lot of ways and so that'll be really fun to be able to dig into that Mm, yes, I'm so, so excited. It's going to be so much fun. And yeah, everyone, be sure to look out for that on the Circe Institute Podcast Network uh, in just a few months here. That's awesome. And then you also have another project. You have some course guides. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so this is something I've been wanting to do for quite some time. So I 
am in the process of launching a history course curriculum for homeschooling students. Uh, and it's going to be called Classical History Courses. I'm in the process of launching it now, so it will be available at classicalhistorycourses.com. And what it will be is it will be a series of live history courses uh, that you can enroll your homeschooling student in. Uh, so we will meet over Skype um, probably about once a week for a period of maybe eight to 12 weeks, depends on the course. And we will talk about a, a particular era in history. So our debut course is going to be called Age of the Vikings. And we will discuss what we discuss on my podcast and what I've just discussed with you here, Heidi. So we'll be talking about Old Norse literature. Uh, one week we'll be talking about Icelandic family sagas for another great Viking battles and the dawn of the Viking Age. In another, we'll be talking about the end of the Viking Age and how Christianity came to Scandinavia in another week. So classical history courses, that's my latest project, a homeschool curriculum for uh, homeschooling students. And of course, myself, I was um, homeschooled throughout my entire life. So I'm really excited to stay within the homeschooling community and continue to support them and do great things for, for homeschooling. That's so exciting. How old are you, Noah? Do you mind my asking you that? Not at all. I'm 18. 18. So you're going to have, I think, many, many eager students ready to learn from someone in, in many ways transitioning from where they're at. So we're going to get more information out to our listeners on how to access that. And for people who want to find you and find all these resources that you offer, where do they go? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously my... My Vikings podcast, The History of Vikings, you can find anywhere you listen to your podcasts uh, or go to thehistoryofvikings.com, of course. And then I briefly mentioned the study guide that I had written to the Poetic Edda that you can find on amazon.com or just listen to my podcast. And then the Victorian podcast will be available on the Circe Institute Podcast Network in a few months. And uh, Classical History Courses is still in the works of being designed and all of the, the graphics and logistical things you know. But I'm sure that I will uh, send out a flood of news and promotions just as soon as that is live. And I look forward to talking with many of you listeners about it. So I'm, I'm very excited for all of that. That's perfect. So I'm curious, I want to know for you, can you tell us, our listeners, something about the Vikings, a story, uh, a bit of history, an anecdote, something that just really captured your imagination along the way as you've been doing this podcast? Hmm. That's such a good question. I mean, there's so much to talk about, but I think maybe this is just very interesting to me. I had the privilege of traveling to the um, city of York in Northern England last year through my podcast, um, and I had the opportunity to tour the Viking Museum there. Um, I've been there, the Jorvik Museum. You? Yes. You? Yes. yes. Isn't it it's wonderful? fabulous. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I got to do that through my podcast and that was just so fun. And actually I got to have uh, lunch and got to go through the museum with Dr. Peter Addingman, who was one of the archaeologists who led the excavation to find all the Viking artifacts in York in the 70s, wow. uh, where they built the museum atop that. Um, but I love it when cultures sort of intersect throughout history. And this is something that I saw in the museum is sort of this, um, you know, wax figure of an Arab traveler and some of the uh, reading they had with that. But there is a 
piece of literature available um, called The Journeys of Ibn Fadlan, I believe. And it's available on Amazon. It's just a book, you know, published by Penguin. Um, and I did a podcast episode on it. So Ibn Fadlan, I think the year was 921 AD, was an Arab traveler uh, from the Middle East. And he was a Muslim, of course. And he was with an embassy to go deliver a piece of news to um, a king. And I think it's Volga, Bulgaria. So that would be what is today modern day Russia, a kingdom along the Volga River. And he described to people... Um, you know, curiously similar to who we would read about as the Vikings in Russia. And he describes them so vividly. He describes, um, you know, the uh, wooden pendants and things resembling gods that they would worship. He describes that they were covered in tattoos. And, you know, he describes them all passing around a bowl filled with water and, you know, them all sneezing in the bowl and spitting in it and then, you know, sort of washing in that. And that, of course, is a very curious tradition, but uh, would have been a way for, for them to sort of you know, to display this sort of brotherhood and that they were all sort of one together. Um, so just a fascinating story, the journeys of Ibn Fadlan. I would say that's my, one of my favorite tidbits about sort of Viking history. Wow. I, wow. I would never wash in that bowl, but I might if I was a Viking. So. <laughs> yeah. Spur the moment. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. I've, my husband travels extensively for work and we there's an RAF base a Royal Air Force base out in the moors in Yorkshire and so we take our family out there pretty often and we've been to that museum several times it's wonderful and there's something about being in the place where you know Vikings have trod and um, as you said York is a um, a place where many cultures come, have come together in the history of the world and not many know the influence of the Vikings on northern England. So mm. that's exciting. Yes. Wow. Well, Noah, thank you so much for being on the Forma podcast, uh, talking about Vikings, Victorians, and the podcast life. We so appreciate your time and are really excited for what you're doing. And we, we want to be a part of it at Circe and at Forma and beyond. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you all so much for listening uh, as well. It's been a delight to speak to all of you. And listeners, we have sent out the summer issue of Forma Journal. It should be dropping within your mailboxes within the next week. We're really proud of this issue. Uh, and if you have not subscribed, please go to formajournal.com and you'll be getting your Forma Journals coming up here very, very quickly. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for this community that we're building around the intersection of classical thought with contemporary culture and how we can make real, embody the truths, the goodness, and the beauty of classical education and thought uh, in the cultural moment in which we dwell and live. And that's what we're all about here at Forma. So thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 